Okay, we finna do this right here. Here comes the brand new flavor in your ear. Time for new flavor in your ear. I'm kicking new flavor in your ear. God damn it, I ain't got no motherfucking name for it yet, motherfucker. Take that there. You do it like that. Okay. Look at the damn food. It's just something sweet for the kids, okay? You are gonna learn how to do something. How about that? Welcome back, everybody. Another episode of Everybody Eats Podcast. We are your hosts, Diallo, aka Young Alo. And it's your girl Lee in your ears. How you feeling? <laughs> um, same old, same old. Like I really don't be having much to talk about. Like, I'm I'm a real low key person. Things don't, unless there's something that's like super big happening. The rest of life is just. Everybody don't need to know. Yeah. It's your business. But not even that. It's like I'm working. Going back and forth between Philly and home. I mean, PG. That's a motherfucking drive, y'all. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, just getting stuff together for this podcast. Yeah. I am studying for my PMP license. That's one thing that I'm doing. I didn't doing. know what that stands for. Project management professional. <laughs> Trying to get these big bucks out here. <laughs> she said PMP. I'm thinking it's pimp. No. <laughs> Not the PIMP. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, just I'm trying to boss up like you. Yeah. Real estate mogul. I'm I'm just looking for the next dollar. <laughs> I'm looking trying for to the make next a dollar, dollar out of fifteen cents. Look, I'm trying to make a dollar out of a penny. You feel me? Dime and a nickel. A penny. Yeah. That's gonna be a lot. That's gonna that's some hard work right there. Yeah, I'm already at uh, <laughs> five cent now. So <laughs> keep on going. I'll be straight. Um, so. Wedding season um, has been around. I've been to a couple. Actually, I've only been to one wedding so far this year. Uh, but I know a lot of people have been going to weddings or events during the summer. And we always know that food is always the most important thing. Food is usually what brings people out to the events. Yeah, like people be mad as I don't know <laughs> if they go to an event and the food not good. And it's not hitting. They just like. You can't have a good event with bad food. Exactly. Like, everybody eats, so everybody's going to be looking for, like, the caliber that you're bringing. Yeah. So, um, today we're going to talk about catering and where all of that started from. So, to start off, catering and food has always been around since the beginning of time. So, uh, large dinner parties and all of that is not unknown to the world, like... It was just cut off to the high class. So, like, kings, queens, royalty, they would have, like, big, large dinner parties and things like that. And the slaves were the caterers, right. quote, unquote. <laughs> um, you, we then progress to, like, Roman times and all of that. And the slaves become indentured servants, and they are just, you know, free labor at this point well they're still yeah exactly still free labor but this stuff is offered um it's given as free services now to the troops that are in the roman empire then we move even further along over to the u.s where um slaves (laughs) slave 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 that's all um and y'all we all know that slaves were always were in the kitchen like we was the ones always chefing up for everybody so, catering has, all, has largely been an African-American thing. Uh, we were the ones that pioneered the catering sector or business. And uh, the person we can thank for that is Robert Bogle. He owned a restaurant in Philly, which is where uh, catering really took off because that's where, you know, Philly was supposed to be the capital of the world. I mean, of the U.S. You know how Washington, D.C. got the White House and all that. You know, Philly was supposed to be that. Oh, I didn't know that. That's where, like, the Liberty Bell, where they signed the Declaration of Independence. and mm. No? I didn't pay attention no. to White House. <laughs> I mean, that's all they taught us. Like, yeah, that's why I didn't pay attention. <laughs> um, but that's where uh, 
catering really took off and that happened after World War II. And that's because we just had food supply yeah. vendors, you know, sending things off to the war. But now what do we do with all this excess food, all this excess stuff and equipment, all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, that's where catering service come into play because the economy grows and so does the need for, you know, food service, hotels, um, restaurants start becoming large and they use the restaurant staff to um, restaurant staff to staff the catering business Um, and now we're here today and catering is like crazy we have catering um, what's the big things like they have these for weddings they have these for guns they have these for weed like some expos Um, so they have uh, catering expos now Uh, but not the food world has largely become taken over by our counterparts. <laughs> <laughs> so that means the quality of food is a little bit lower. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to say lower. There are amazing <clears throat> chefs from all walks of life, but we, like a lot of other things, we're the first <laughs> to do it. Uh, so where have you had your best catering from? Because I find that a lot of times, because they're cooking for the masses, catering isn't always that great. It's not. It never really is that great. I mean, it depends on who makes it. Um, I use, Well, I have some catering history, some catering where? in my background. From um, where? My grandparents, well, my father's side of the family. Um, Used to own like several businesses. They still kind of they still have a catering business. Mm. Um, when we were younger, we were always we were uh, slaves, <laughs> pretty much. We were slaves. Like, so y'all was helping they, out with the family business. Yeah, like, sometimes they, they would give us Air some quotes. money and stuff like that. Um, it was less than minimum wage, I'm sure. Yeah, they like we um, feeding y'all. We don't right, need yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, like we would go places all over DC. Um, like just helping out at events and stuff like that. We did a lot of events in the um, in, uh, Reeves building on uh, 14th and U Street. Mm-hmm. Um, just a lot of stuff for the homeless people. We would do like weddings, um, family events, like all types of catering stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think this could be part of the reason why I don't like cooking because I had to be in the hot-ass kitchen. All the time. All the time with all this damn food. Once you think you're almost done, no, it's something else you got to do. Mm-hmm. And then you got to serve the food and all this other stuff. That's just like, yeah, man, I just want to eat and chill. Like, I ain't want to spend my Saturday working. Yeah. But. So how do you feel about catering versus, like, food service? Remember you worked at um, McDonald's. Not even McDonald's. When you were working at the hospital and you oh, had really? to work, like, behind the scenes like I feel like mm. that's food service commons food service yeah. like how do you feel uh, one against the other since you've been I a little bit in both with the catering it's more of a uh, it's more you have a more a better conne- a strong connection with in the catering because when it's catering you are looking to please people and at the end of the event or whatever you're doing, whatever catering event you're hosting, um, like it's, you want you want that satisfaction. Like, yeah, we did the damn thing today, mm-hmm. and it always feels good at the end of the day. When it's like, yeah, we did it today. Like, we handled business. Like working in food service is just like another right, day. Yeah, like, I'm just trying <laughs> to go home. Like, I'm tired of this. I'm I'm ready to go home. So it's like. When you're when you're catering, you know what you're getting yourself into. When you're working in food service, you're like, you can't really control what you're getting yourself into. Mm-hmm. So if somebody comes in, and it's like they're this way. It's like I gotta deal with this shit. Right. But you like, it's like a wedding. You know, like you're going to a wedding. Everybody like people aren't people's expectations. People don't have super high expectations of you personally mm-hmm. like they might have the expectations of the food but that doesn't really fall on you specifically um, whereas working in food service no matter you don't even have to be making the food but 
everything is focused on you. So if something goes wrong, it's your fault. Me as the owner of the... No. Or me as the person wanting the catering. Oh, you mean for you as... Okay, got you, got you, got you. Um, So a few things to think about if you're ever looking into catering. Um, You should definitely get a head count beforehand, before talking to your catering person, catering liaison. Um, Headcount is very important because usually catering is done by plate or by head, by person, whatever you want to call it. So having a good round number for that is very important so you know how much money you're going to be paying. Because catering is expensive. Very expensive. So, um, but I also like to go with the rule of it's always better to have more than not enough. Right, right. So keep that in mind, but you always know you don't want to go. You don't want to spend any extra money. You want everything to be gone at the end of the night. Also, options. Make sure you have options. So you want to have your, especially in this motherfucking day and age, you got vegans, you got vegetarians, you got Dietary guidelines, very important. All this stuff. Oh, I don't eat fucking gluten. Mm -hmm. Gluten didn't even exist until a couple (laughs) years ago. All of a sudden, everybody has a gluten allergy. Yeah, nah. But keep in mind that you can't please everybody. At the end of the day, this is going to be your event, yeah. especially when it comes to, like, weddings and stuff like mm-hmm. that. This is your event. People got to get with what you mm-hmm. want. So always deal for the majority, not everybody. Um, I will also think about what kind of cuisine you would like and what kind of setting this is because you can get barbecue catered. You can get Italian catered. You can you get anything Asian. Anything you want to eat, you can get catered. Yes, that doesn't mean you should get everything. Catered. Exactly. If it's a wedding, why would you have spaghetti? Nobody wants to mess up there. They're closed. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, so just keep the kind of food in mind to go with uh, whatever theme that you're um, trying to bring across. Um, you got any catering in your lifestyle? No. My family wanted to honestly open up a catering business, but it, it's it's a lot of logistics that go on with that. And so you got to be dedicated to this thing. And I don't know. They just never did it. My mom and her sister wanted to. Yeah, I don't got the heart of me to be spending hours on my own cooking food that I'm not even going <laughs> to eat. But I heard that it's very lucrative because really? a lot of times you're buying stuff from In like bulk. bulk, Costco, all that mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. But you're charging people way more than yeah, like what it costs. Spend, you can spend, I don't know, let's say you spend, well, just to break it down, let's say one plate of food costs, you're charging people $10 for a plate of food. For everything on that plate of food, once you, like, divvy it up, probably came out to a total of, like, I don't know, like, two fifty, three dollars Yeah, something like that. So you're making a $7 profit on each plate. You serve 100 guests. Mm-hmm. That's, a thousand dollars, you make a seven hundred dollar profit. Yeah, but it's a lot of labor that's with yeah. it, so it's it's, it's kind of like the labor cost yeah. is factored into <laughs> everything. Especially like I mean, some caterers are so extravagant; they will bring the grills, they'll mm-hmm. have the staff there for you, so you don't have to serve. Um, and that's just a like, bar, like tons of things. That's just trying to make the numbers easy for you, like yeah. These people will have a plate of food that really costs three dollars and still charge you like upwards of twenty five, thirty dollars mm-hmm. per plate. So that's that's money. Yeah, it is. But our guest is here and is going to let us know a little bit of the behind the scenes scope of catering. Um, Omari is uh, well. His father has a catering business that he also helps run. Um, they've done tons of things uh they've had events for um the mayor mario bowser um tons of like corporate events um but we'll let him tell you about all of that so stay tuned so like i said we got oski in the studio this week <laughs> Go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell the people a little bit about yourself, your background, where you from, 
all that good stuff. All right, my name is Omar Odom. Um, my background, as far as it comes to the food, uh, my dad owned a restaurant for at least about good 10 years. I've uh, been in catering for about at least a good 30 years. So, you know, as far as my food background, I'm pretty extensive in that. Always was around the restaurant, running around. Um, from here, from Prince George's County, Maryland. Uh, my father had the restaurant off of MLK in DC. Um, so, you know, always been around the area. Went to Howard University, Computer Information Systems, even though it has nothing to do with food. Uh, <laughs> but just a little bit of background uh, about me as well. Uh, now currently working for Peloton, but doing catering on the side. Mm. Um, still with the family business and also trying to venture off and trying to do some ventures for myself as well. So, uh, what kind of people do you, do you all uh, cater for? Like, what kind of events have you guys been doing around the city? Well... We do a lot of different events. Um, we aren't just a one-stop shop where you just come to weddings or just come to birthday parties. We do a lot of repasses, a lot of events where people need food that don't really want to have to necessarily worry about preparing the food mm -hmm. um, as well. A lot of people, a lot of catering companies try to do the big jobs only. They can get one of those a month and be fine. We try to do at least three or four jobs a week, um, small-time jobs, maybe little birthday parties. Graduations are a big time for us, picnics. A lot of political events and affairs we do as well. Um, we were doing a lot of stuff for Tony Williams. I actually have a photo with me, my dad, Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton on Thanksgiving at the White House nice. doing some stuff for homeless people. So, you know, it's, it's an array of events. Um, we want to make money, but we also want to help people out. We aren't coming in at a high price point. We're coming in at a price point that's reasonable for families in the area to get stuff done, especially when it comes to repasses, things like that. You're dealing with the loss of a loved one. Mm -hmm. You want some good food. You don't really have to worry about that and take care of all of that. And it's also the unhidden rule of catering is that you're healing the soul. You know, uh, okay. You're making sure that everything is fine. You're making sure that everything is good for the families. Do a lot of talking to the families, making sure everything is set up. And, you know, the smile on their faces when it comes to doing that and making sure that everything is fine is what really keeps me and my family running. I kind of like to remember before we started the interview, I mentioned that at the end of the day, it's just like that satisfaction of mm -hmm. you just knowing you did a good job. And you help somebody else out. Yeah. yeah. That would make sense. And that's all it is. That's all food is. Food is just really inviting somebody into your world and just giving them a piece of what you have to offer. Mm -hmm. You know, um, these recipes weren't out. Um, I didn't invent these recipes. I'm going to pass these recipes on to my generations to come, and they're going to pass the recipes on. So hopefully it stays in the family and continues running. We continue to give that good soul giving food to the people. <laughs> talk so, about family. Oh, no, go ahead. Yeah, talk about family. Um, so, like, at what age were you when you first, like, got introduced to the, pretty much, I guess, family business? Well, ever since I can remember, you know, people always say, oh, I remember when I was this age. You know, don't. Uh -huh. You know, I, from, from as long as I remember, I was in a restaurant. Um, my dad had the restaurant, like I said, off MLK, right there at the bottom of MLK and so I was always in there running around. My father was somebody who appreciated work so when I used to go with him on the weekends it was more work. I didn't really want to go. He was That's literally exactly just saying that. He was like we we basically slaves. I mean we kids they feeding us. They not about to pay us like normal wages that right. they would pay you know. Right but I'm seeing stuff that you know it's really making me better person in life now. You know, I'm seeing the hustle. You know, I'm seeing people in and out. I'm seeing the money that's being made. Even though I think I'm a part of it, the only thing I'm doing is playing with with cardboard boxes in the back. <laughs> Fort Man. You know what I mean? So, so from whenever since I can remember, my dad's been in catering. Um, he's been in restaurants. He's been in business, and he's been doing that. So I would say at least around six, seven years old. You know, I was in the restaurant running around. Um, my dad always didn't have that restaurant in the corner funny story about him he didn't even know how to cook until he's about 30 years old wow so this is down off MLK Union Temple my father went to Union Temple somebody named Miss Virginia the church showed him how to cook they started doing church lunches church dinners in the basement of the church and I remember going over there uh, to Union Temple the old church the red church over there in southeast and playing on that playground outside it was blue and orange those are probably my earliest memories I had <laughs> going out there playing with those kids and Going downstairs to that hot basement and have no AC and right. smell like all whatever chicken it was. grease, right? It was crazy. But those are the times I remember. And that was when my father got his start cooking, cooking, learning from this lady, and then eventually opened his own restaurant and his own thing. So, what kind of uh, food are you guys serving? What uh, theme, genre? What am I looking for? What kind of flavor? Yeah. 
just what, what cuisine? We, yeah, we, what it, type of cuisine? Like a, just like a neo-soul cuisine, you know, um, soul food, basically, at essence, you know, things that you would get from your grandmother's house when you go over there, um, green beans, um, collard greens, fried chicken, baked chicken, macaroni and cheese, seafood, pasta, salad, yams, mm. you know, meatballs. And then we do do an array of stuff for other different people. Like, you know, we will have some Jamaican-inspired cuisine if people ask for it, even though we aren't specializing in that. We can definitely make that happen for you and know mm-hmm. the right people who can put that stuff together. So, you know, we're a one-stop shop, but our main thing is just that good old Sunday after church soul food. Not a lot of salt, a little bit heavy. <laughs> <laughs> so it's healthy for you. Um, so... You're talking about all the well, how your father learned to cook and um, stuff like that. I know, like you, when you were younger, you started helping out in the kitchen and stuff like that. But when did you actually feel like, yeah, I can make this on my own? Well, you you feel like that when you have learned from a master. In my case, my dad is. You know, give all my dad is praise, but you know, he has been a master in such ways. Been doing this for so long. When you feel as though that you really have broken away from him. Um, as far as like you bring something to the business that necessarily mm-hmm. he doesn't bring and maybe I can bring a, a different group, a different type of clientele than he has. And it's been challenging to be completely honest with you. Nobody knows me for food. Mm-hmm. Right. People know me for technologies or for Apple for five and a half years. Nobody knows me for cooking food. He has a clientele, he has a base. So me putting myself out there, social media marketing myself, it's hard to really get some traction when it comes to catering because nobody really knows me for food. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel as though I can do it based upon my experiences and based upon the clientele that I feel as though I can reach out to, the younger generation. The generation who we necessarily, the millennials, we don't necessarily think about catering and food mm-hmm. for events. We think about alcohol and stuff right. like that. Nobody, I've never heard anybody come to me and say, oh yeah, I want to do a buffet dinner for my event that's on the... 30, mm-hmm. right. you know, yeah, 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 yeah. but you know, if they see somebody like me doing it, I see a lot of people on Instagram doing dinners out the, out the back, but not a lot of catering, not a lot of young brothers yeah, doing, mm-hmm. young sisters doing actually catering, you know, so, you know, maybe if I can get on it, maybe I can, you know, have some different clientele, start a new trend, start a new way. Because yeah, I, I see a lot of, um, like people on social media and stuff like that, pretty much promoting themselves and like stuff that they cook. Right. So like they'll prepare meals for people and stuff like yeah. that, but it's never like a huge like event catering business. I'm thinking like maybe maybe it could be some sort of um, connection there that just hasn't been discovered yet. And and it's really hard to do it. You know, it's really hard to do it, especially the equipment that you have to have, mm-hmm. the time that you have to have, the customer service skills that you have to have, right. the budgeting expertise that you have to have, and the food knowledge that you have to have to do it all. Catering is, is more than just cooking your food. And you know, I commend and respect the people that's doing their thing with their food, but catering is a little bit different level. Mm-hmm. Especially when you do bigger jobs when it comes to weddings. <laughs> it's already crazy for the groom. Exactly. Just imagine how this exactly. for the caterer. Mm-hmm. You know, so things change at last minute. You run out of stuff on the fly. You know, you have to get it done. But I think that catering also helps me in my job that I do now where I have to get things done. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, it's, it's hard to actually do. You need a team. You can't just be one person catering. You can be one person doing dinners. You can be one person making great, awesome, amazing food that everybody's going to love and sell that. But to have catering, you have to know how to manage people, time, budget, food. It's really a lot to think about. So, um, since this is your father's catering business and he's the head boss, sometimes as a boss, you got to get down and dirty too. So what do your dad, what do you guys do for the company, even though you guys technically own it? Do you guys cook? Are you guys also throwing out the boxes? You oh, know, man. are y'all, y'all listen, uh, prepping listen, the food? Like, listen, the, 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 company, the company runs through us. Everything runs through us. Goes from the top down, from the head down. You know, I've been working long enough now, I guess, to receive a quote-unquote promotion <laughs> to where now everything funnels through me, and then I give out the orders. But we do everything. Prep the food. We wake up, sometimes wake up 2 a.m., 3 a.m., cooking in the kitchen at 3 a.m. for jobs. Prep, breakdown, delivery, dealing with the customers, set up, breakdown again. Everything is done. We work hand-in-hand with our employees. Um, some of the employees are family. Some of the employees are family because they've been working with us for so long. Mm-hmm. That's just the nature of the actual business. Catering is kind of like, you ever seen Hell's Kitchen? You know, mm. Chef Ramsey? It, it's, it's just like that. It's hectic. It's hectic, hectic. Fun. 
but hectic. You yeah. know, things get you're said. You're going to get yelled at, but it's okay. At. It's business. <laughs> exactly. It's not personal. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've seen some things <laughs> during catering that I don't even <laughs> mention on the actual mic. <laughs> I've been accused of doing some things during catering that I don't want to say on the actual mic. Right. But at the end of the day, we get the job done and we have a blast. We, we have a good time doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but things have to get done and things have to get done on a certain time frame. If they don't, everything's going to domino effect into the day. So, you know, working around my dad for so long, I have now picked up, picked up and adopted some of those tricks. I remember my father sitting down, funny story, a little sad real quick. <laughs> um, speaking of that, um, my aunt, she works for us, and she's known for breaking down the food early, taking boxes home. And, you know, <laughs> at the time, I think I was around 22, 23, I wasn't as strict and as stringent as my dad and you know he left me with the job and mm-hmm. things were supposed to be good and he comes back people are like oh he broke the food down early I thought we were done we, we had nothing left so okay I broke the food early he goes and looks at her box she has four or five boxes to take home to the family which, is, which isn't a problem but, but was you gotta make sure early. the event is taken care of I remember him sitting down in the car with me and saying listen if you want to do this you have to be as strict and as stringent and as tough and as ruthless as I am. Mm-hmm. And ever since that day, you know, I've adopted those traits. It doesn't mean that I'm a bad person. It just means that you're slacking. Yeah. Let's pick it up and let's get this job done. And I, I, I've been witness to some of these conversations. Like, <laughs> he's not playing games. He like laying down the hammer. It's like, you better get this done. Don't make me come down there. Right. Like literally, right. we're in Philly. He's like, don't make me come down there. Yeah. Make me drive two hours to come handle this. Like, yeah. And I'm a 30 year old man. You know? <laughs> yeah. But you know, I mean, there has been some times where there hasn't been a misunderstanding. You know, my dad's sixty mm-hmm. some years old. I'm now just newly thirty. I'm newly thirty <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah. Newly thirty. So you know, there has been some misunderstandings, and you know, that goes along with the job. If I didn't love my dad, I probably wouldn't really be working there. Mm-hmm. But you know, blood is thicker than water. You know, I can just take those comments, those back and forth stuff. That's just business, and just put them aside. You know, it's just in the heat of the moment. And now I see myself when I'm on jobs myself the same way, but I'm a better manager, I'm a better mm-hmm. boss because of it. Before we um, move on, can you uh, let us know what other services you guys may offer and um, the roundabout pricing for different uh, for different dinners that you may offer? Like we were talking about how like you all go by head count, so yes. it's like something per plate yes. or something like that. So can you give us a little bit of information on yeah, that's all of that? Is usually we have a repass special now that we're running $10 per person for the repass. So how many people you have? 100 people, $10. It's $1,000. You know, you had tax on it. It is what it is. Um, it's fried chicken, baked chicken, green beans, salad, rolls, uh, dessert, and you can't miss out on this Imani iced tea punch. It's sweet. But, you know, who don't like sweet iced tea? Iced tea is supposed to be sweet, especially mm-hmm. sweet tea. Um, so that's what we're offering for $10 a person. We also do other services like brunches, um, like where we'll come, we'll cook the omelets, we'll cook the eggs, we'll cook the waffles right there in front of you. Also with an array of spread of other um, breakfast items, we'll do that as well. Those usually start around 15 to $16 a person, just based on we have to have people come out and have service there. Mm-hmm. Um, we also offer cocktail services as well. We do a lot of things where it comes to political events, where it's just past trade food. Um, where we'll have some service come around with some hors d'oeuvres and some appetizers as well. I bartend, so you know I actually have a bartending job uh, this Sunday. Um, so you can book me out um, solo just to become in, in, and do actual bartending. Mm-hmm. Really don't offer too many different types of services but you know we do cater for all type of events that can make mm-hmm. something happen for you so you know those are just the different types of services that we actually do pricing starts at ten dollars and up seafood and other things like that we do offer a lot of seafood options probably start at twenty dollars and up per person and we do the salmon with the shrimp and the peppers and everything like that shrimp cocktail is done obviously we do offer alcohol services but it's always best to just tip to people when it comes to catering it's always best to buy the alcohol yourself when it comes to that, and it's just with anything, especially mm-hmm. with restaurants and things like that. Buy your alcohol yourself. 
Cause, you know, He's you giving y'all gems, people. I'm, I'm giving y'all gems. Right. <laughs> you're definitely gonna get upcharged for me to go out and buy it for you. Right. You know, just like the restaurant charges you 100 percent on the actual bottle, I might charge you 150 percent. So get y'all cooked yourself. <laughs> I'm, just I'm, I'm not gonna give too much insight. Right. Right. That's just one knowledge for one percent knowledge for you guys. Okay. Well, speaking of, you said uh, I'm gonna let you get your questions, and I'm sorry. Um, you just turned 30, and People already know, for the purposes of this show, I like to stalk people's Instagrams and Okay, stuff. talk to me. So, you just turned 30, and I saw that you had uh, three cities in 72 hours for your birthday. Three cities, 72 hours. Tell us a little bit about that. Tell us about the food you ate, everything um, that was good, what cities you went to, all of that. Well, the cities I went to were Denver, Las Vegas, and Miami in 72 hours. I said I want to do something ambitious and memorable for, for my 30th birthday. So, you know, I looked at the flights. And they were cheap. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, with that being said, I was able to get good, good deals on the hotels. Um, surprisingly, I ate a lot, but we were so much on the go, to be honest with you. I ate a lot in the airport. But the one of the things I do remember eating that was phenomenal was this um, place called uh, Bacon Bitch in Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, it's on Ocean Drive. And they had a croissant. It's like a lobster roll, but it was on croissant with a, with a fried egg on top with some spinach leaves inside with a hollandaise sauce. And it was that sounds like your speed. Yeah. <laughs> it was phenomenal. Um, it was a phenomenal breakfast, something to wake up. I usually don't eat lobster for breakfast, um, but fuck it, I'm thirty. Yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> right. like, exactly, I'm thirty years old. I'm about to do what I do down there. So you know, I mean, there is no really exciting food stories. It was more just liquid breakfast, okay. uh, liquid lunch. You know, hop on a plane because we did all this in seventy-two hours. So mm-hmm. I was in and out of the cities. Um, one of the things that I really was trying, it wasn't food, it was a little bit something of the other variety. Right, right. You know? Which is legal in those areas, yeah, so it's okay. It it's very, okay. Very <laughs> I can tell you all about the flavors about that, but too much more, <laughs> too much other than that, I really can't really speak on the, the food. I, I, I do want to do, um, speaking of trips, I do. I am going to do a second 72 hours where we will focus on food, and then hopefully I did a good job, you can invite me back on. Yeah, I'll yeah, talk yeah. about that then. That would be lit. You I mean, for real, for real, you could probably put us on with you. Yeah, we hope we, that we would go be together. Lit. Go yeah. on us. We go together. You, we can take the show on the road. No, that would be cool. That's We're going to have to plan that. We're going to talk right off air. We're going to talk off air. 72 hours and have a, a different show in a different <laughs> in city. each place, yeah. Different city, sit down, eat, be eat good. Yeah. All right, so you said you're 30. Yep. Your father's in his 60s. Yep. Um, just moving forward in life, like, where do you see yourself? if at all, taking the catering business? Well, I want to take it over, but to take it over, you know, the, the boss has to want to retire. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I'm not going to knock the boss, you know, so, yeah, yeah, I yeah. mean, you know, there's not going to be no assassination here, so, I mean, you know, my dad's a hard worker, and that's one of the things that's really instilled my work ethic is seeing my mom and my dad be able to work as long as they do. My mom taught in D.C. public schools for 42 years. Wow. You know, my mom had me at Shout 42. Out Shout out to her. Um, so she's a Howard alum as well. So And my dad's a Howard alum. So, you know, I've seen them work for such a long time and grind it out. My dad's addicted to money. It just is what it is. I think that he won't stop working until... His body tells him His to body stop. tells him to. And so he's really well in shape for a 60-year-old man. So I, I don't really foresee him stop working. I do... For see myself taking on bigger and bigger roles in the company, which which I have, you know, I'm in charge of, you know, bringing my business in, but also in charge of handling some of the older accounts. So when he does necessarily, you know, decides to call it, but these people already know me, mm-hmm. they know who I am, they see me 10, 15 times, mm-hmm. they have my number, they know who to reach out to, you know, and some of these people have already started doing that because one of my strengths is that I'm more of a customer friendly. Yeah person you know right. how to talk to people i know like, how to talk to people it's and, crazy and and i want to talk to people right. it's, it's, it's it's not like you know i see people as a hindrance i see people as a way of helping me to get to where i need to be and you know you got to talk to them to get to give them really what they want um, my dad really doesn't necessarily want to have to do that and he's a little bit cold when it comes to that but these are people he's known forever so they just know yeah, they just know. Um, and then when I come in and talk to him like, okay this is a little bit of breath of fresh air yeah. no knock on my dad he knows what he's doing he knows how to talk right. sometimes you need that type of talk but, mm-hmm. and sometimes I can be too friendly that kind of like leads me into my next question I was going to ask 
um, when you said you finally, or as you got older, you started to you know, be able to bring more to the table. What have you been able to bring to the table? <laughs> Pun intended. To the table. <laughs> what have you been able to um, bring to the table um, that you've seen, like a witness, is actually benefiting the business? Well, I remember I did this one little trial run when I was really, uh, I was working for Apple. And I said, hey, Pop, you know, this social media thing, you know, I mean, we got to get the food on here. We got to get the food on Facebook. Mm-hmm. We got to get the food on IG. I just want to try something. Let me try to run some dinners just to get my name out there. See if people can, you know, actually like the food. Let's see the reaction from the streets. Let's see if the streets like it. So, you know, I ran a thing on my Instagram, my personal Instagram. Talked about it in my job at Apple. Wind up selling out of dinners that first day. Nice. You know, and he's selling them out the back of my charger, Dodge charger. Had a, had a cool in the back and a and a, and a, uh, and a blanket on the seat for spillage. And um, selling the dinners out of there. And I actually didn't sell out of pre-orders. I actually was on the corner. This is in Georgetown. Mm-hmm. And I remember my brother seeing him. He said, man, you got to get off that corner. <laughs> They're going to get you. So I'm on the corner of Georgetown. People are just walking by. I say, what you got back there? I'm showing I opened the box, they saw that salmon with that glaze dripping down it with that shrimp and them peppers. They it was a done it. deal. It was a done deal. So I wound up selling out. Then I wound up putting the page on Facebook for the catering company, bringing that to. So we got a lot of jobs off that as well. We still mm-hmm. continue to, to this day get jobs. Look on the Facebook, Imani Catering, you'll see the page on there. We still continue to get jobs to this day on there. Now, getting my dad to continuously monitoring upkeep. That's a different story. That's where right. I come in. Mm-hmm. You know, social media savvy, trying to get the right posts. You know, my brother, this is family business. My brother comes in. He's a graphic designer, and excellent photographer. So, you know, he'll come in and do his thing as well. So it's really attack at all fronts. But that's something that I brought, a different mindset, different thinking, mm-hmm. thinking to the younger generation. Like I said, Yeah, changing I mean, with the times. Right. And a lot of our clients, they aren't young. From right. Facebook and from Instagram, we're getting younger demographic of the clients and millennials is going to be a big it's a big generation there's a lot of us out here mm-hmm. do you find it hard though that they don't want to spend the same amount of money yeah i mean we and what do you do money. to well, you know, but you what know. do you do to combat that though because we but it's also a thing of where people want to live luxury when they don't have the means to so how do you deal with that what do you say to them when you know Listen, they I, like, I want the salmon for 10 bucks. Yeah, well, you know, some people want the salmon for 10 bucks. And, you know, I was thinking about this on the ride. And, you know, sometimes you have to be able to minimize your profit in order to get your name out there. So sometimes we, I will run a special to where I can do that, depending on how many people it is. Mm-hmm. With catering, this is another hidden fact with catering. With catering, there's a lot of profit within the catering. So there is ways to, to move and negotiate. Mm-hmm. up or down with somebody um, so you know there's there's a lot of money to be made in it if you're doing it the right way people who do it the wrong way kind of like buying and flipping houses mm-hmm. they put too much money into it and then they don't have enough on the back end there's no profit left on, on the actual back end so what I say to millennials is that one we don't really value or see the sense of let's have a dinner a sit down dinner or a catering dinner we ain't got a lot of money mm-hmm you know, it's just, a, it's just the age of the times. You know, unemployment is at all time low, but job growth, I mean, wage growth is stagnant. So, you know, people don't have 1200 1500 to spend on the actual meal. So it's also about doing the smaller jobs. Not necessarily the jobs you get $1,000 on. Mm-hmm. It's jobs. Let me just come over. Let's do a barbecue or cook. I can do that for three fifty. Mm-hmm. You know, I can do my cousin. She's millennial like us. She works at uh, works downtown. I do box lunches for them. It's a way of getting there feet wet into it, but not necessarily have to do the whole thing and not necessarily right. do the whole pomp and circumstance. And then eventually they already know you once they do get the money. Right. They just coming. Everybody's going to have a need for it, but you know, 20s, it's hard to get people, if they ain't your mom buying it for your 21st birthday, <laughs> to really say, okay, I want to spend 1500 on something that's a catered meal. Right. Uh, some people see the value in that, but most people don't. Um, I do a lot of catering for my, for my cousin. She's about 36, 37. But she's actually got me into her children's school, Brown Academy. Nice. So it's right there across the bridge, private school. So, you know, she's got me in there. So it's also about networking. One thing I can say about our generation millennials is that we know how to network. Mm-hmm. So if you tell somebody about it, they see you doing it on Instagram, 
they might not necessarily get it, but they'll connect you with somebody who can get it right. and who probably was in that 30-year-old range anyway. You know, the big demographic that I want to really pick up on. Mm-hmm. Um, let's get to know you a little bit more. Okay. Um, you said you went to Howard. Mm-hmm. What are some of the best places to eat around the campus? Well, some of the best places to eat as far as, like, if you go there, you got to go to Ho Chi. You know, everybody knows about Ho Chi. It's mm-hmm. been shut down time and time again for health violations <laughs> but but we, we still going but we still going you definitely can uh um definitely can get any better food than that of course bench chili bowl you definitely have to go down to bench chili bowl to get that that whole u street corridor is pretty good to me mm-hmm. especially when they bring the food trucks out down there you never know what random food truck will actually be around there one of the things that's good on Howard's campuses is those little food trucks that have the beef patty and cocoa bread. I remember I would mm. eat the beef patty and cocoa bread every morning, and I would have some jelly on my uh, cocoa bread and <laughs> extra butter on it, and I would eat my beef patty and, and, and go in there. You know, so those are some of the places that I would frequent when I was in school. You know, I was definitely always at the calf, obviously, you know. I had my meal card and everything mm-hmm. like that, so I was definitely in there a lot. You know, they had the Chick-fil-A, they had the regular stuff in there, but as far as like unique places, yeah. it's this place called, um, let me think about it, um, uh, Cheers by the Big Chair, Crab Fries, Wings is right there off MLK, literally right down the street from where my father's restaurant mm-hmm. was. Um, if anybody's familiar with Uniontown, which is on the southeast side as well, it's a popular bar, it's right across the street from that. If you like crab fries, Phenomenal okay. um, French fries, jumbo jumbo lump crab meat, a special sauce on top. Get it with the wings. The Hennessy wings are really good as well. Good too. You gotta get that. Yeah. Putting me on game. It is just a little bit, just a little bit, nothing too much. You know. Um, I I mean I knew you before this. Like he's my friend. Everyone. Right. Uh, so I know that you are a ladies' man. Oh, so yeah. where? Where do you take people out on dates? What are some of the more, you know, higher level restaurants that you go to? Because you were telling me about some, I think it was like a oyster bar or something that was in Baltimore. Yeah. So. Lock, lock, lock bar? Lock bar is good. I was at Lock Bar for my birthday last year. Oh, phenomenal. Um, that's in Baltimore. That's right next to the Four Seasons. Um, they have a lot of good restaurants in the Four Seasons. Actually, might be a part of the Four Seasons down there. But um, the Lock Bar is, is really, really good. Fresh seafood. I had um, Blue Point oysters, They're really good, very meaty oyster, um, very thick oyster, and it was really good down there. Um, anything in Baltimore when it comes to seafood is really good, especially when you go to that Inner Harbor mm-hmm. area. That's where he's from. You know, so, you know, I, well, I love Well, not it. Inner Harbor, but yeah. from Baltimore. You know, <laughs> I, I love that area a lot, so, you know, I, I stay down there. Um, when it comes to hiring restaurants on this and where I like to go, I like to go to Old Abbey Grill a lot. Mm. Especially if you're late night. This is where the GMs and all the restauranteurs go when they get off. Because after 12 midnight, all the seafood is half off. They have what's called the orca platter. So mm. it's a lobster. It has uh, the stone crab claws, oysters, clams, shrimp. Mm. Pretty much everything that came out the sea is on this platter. It's usually $150 to $75 after mm. midnight. All the seafood is half off. So, you know, they have the jumbo lump shrimp cocktail, which is usually. Three dollars per shrimp. It's a dollar fifty, yeah. um, half off. And the restaurant has seven bars in there. It's really a hidden gem, right across the street from the actual White House. So it's a very nice place to go to. I also love Founding Farmers. Um, I actually used to work for them. Um, all their restaurants are pretty good. They have one in King of Prussia, which you know I work in King of Prussia now. Mm-hmm. I want to get out there and see them. Very, very, very good food. Farm to table food. Um, one of the things that I like is the brunch because they do the fried chicken with the honey drizzled all over the fried chicken in the Dutch pot. It's, 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 it's amazing. My mom, I've actually turned my mom on to that mm-hmm. uh, restaurant, Farmers and Distillers, which is down in Chinatown. I go to a lot with her. That's become her favorite. Founding Farmers is one of my favorite restaurants to go to. Hold on, which one? Because you know it's Founding Farmers, and then there's a Farmers and Distillers, yeah. too. So which, so, which one are you so, talking about? I'm, I'm going to go through all of them. They got Farmers, Fishers, and Bakers, which is in Georgetown. Exactly. Which they have the calamari pizza. If you love calamari. Go to Farmers, Fridges, and Bakers, get the calamari pieces. Phenomenal. Sit right there on the waterfront and eat that. Mm-hmm. Farmers and Distillers, I love because they have some of the best beers that I've tried, craft beers that I've tried in the area. Um, Farmers and Distillers is right there in Chinatown. Um, the original location, Founding Farmers on Pennsylvania Avenue. Mm-hmm. Great vibe. Take a girl there, take her upstairs, all glass building. That sounds crazy, right? Take a girl there, take her upstairs. Listen, get the cedar plank glazed salmon. 
Really? Oh. It's phenomenal. Um, go up there and, and actually get that. It's, it's, it's pretty good. Um, they have one in Mo County that I've been to mm-hmm. um, for brunch as well. And I think it's one in Reston now that I haven't been to. And I've been to the one in Tyson's. The one in Tyson's is really good for the brunch because they have a nice little brunch area. You can go and sit and, and be around the food. So it's pretty mm-hmm. nice. Um, Founder Farms, it's a great restaurant brand. Go to all the restaurants. What other uh, brunch spots do we have in D.C.? Because, you know, brunch is a millennial thing. Yeah. Everybody loves going to brunch, getting the mimosas um, and all of that. So, Well, you know, I'm going to put out the black place first. You know, I'm pro-black. Georgia yeah, Browns. Of course. You, you got to go to Georgia Browns. You have to go to Georgia Browns <laughs> and do the, the Sunday jazz brunch. There's nothing more romantic than taking a woman out to a jazz <laughs> brunch where you got to uh, a trumpet right in your face while you're trying to eat your food. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, no, Georgia Browns is, is, is really good. Um, uh, Teddy and the Bully Bar is really good as well. Mm, I heard um, that. That's, that's a, a great place to go to. I'm trying to think of my spot that I go to in Georgetown all the time. Um, I'm doing a thing. Let's, let's come back to that. Mm-hmm. Um, Even still, I feel like out of everybody we've interviewed, he this got is all the, the most restaurants, right? Recommendations. <laughs> no, like. he be like when I met him, I, like this is what we connected on was food. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it was. You gotta love the food, you know. I mean, I'm skinny. I mean, you probably guys probably don't know how skinny <laughs> I am. You know, I'm very skinny, but I love to eat, and I think eating is a way to bring people closer together. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we bonded over food. We talked about food. It's one of the first things that we actually talked about and actually bonded over. So, you know, I think food is like music. Different type of genres, different exactly. tastes. You know, and some people like to taste them all. Some people are just stuck in their old ways. You know, like, I want to see it all. I want to taste it all. You know, mm-hmm. that's why, you know, sad, you know I'm, I was upset about Anthony Bourdain. You know, I learned a lot from him. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, places that I want to go see now, you know, just because of him. And he opened my eyes up to a lot of different things, food-wise. You know, I never thought I'd be sitting on a podcast, but right. I'm trying to like this. It's right. nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, side note, I want you guys to know that he's telling us all these places, phenomenal places. Uh, but his favorite place to eat is McDonald's. <laughs> he eats McDonald's all the time. That's surprising. All the time. Yeah. I mean, I mean let, listen. But tell them. Tell them. Explain it. Explain it to the people. Explain it to the people. Now, I, I do eat McDonald's all the time. You know, I have been on this health trip to where I haven't really, I've only limited myself to McDonald's breakfast. It's the healthiest <laughs> part of McDonald's, I think. Because <laughs> all that other stuff is just garbage. <laughs> but, um, yes, I do eat a lot of McDonald's. Um, I love McDonald's for the price point. Not for the taste point. It's mm-hmm. all about the price point. When when I was out in the van doing deliveries, you know, they had to make pick two for two fifty. Right. That's all I had. But the one thing that I will never give up for McDonald's, and she, and she knows this, I have to have this, is a sweet tea. How many lemons? Two lemons in a sweet tea. I don't think the sweet tea gets better than McDonald's, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just phenomenal to me. That's one of my favorite places to go is McDonald's and get breakfast and a sweet tea with two lemons in it, to be honest with you. It trips me out. <laughs> I know. I, maybe it's maybe because I work there. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's because I work there. Well, like, don't tell me any stories I don't want to know now. Yeah, I, I, wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't do that to you. Uh, but you said you did work inside of farmers and farmers, so founding farmers or farmers and distillers. So I worked in a lot of different restaurants. When I was in college, I started out at Capital City Brewing Company, which is in Union Station, like where the old post office building was. Mm-hmm. I started there as a host. Um, my girlfriend actually got me a job. She said, you, you be good as a host. I'm a host. Come work with me. I said, okay, I, I'll come work with you. <laughs> you know what I'm so I was like, all right. So I went to work for her. I was like, Mistake oh. number one. Actually, it actually opened my eyes good? to a lot of stuff. Oh. I, mean, I mean, she eventually ran up being a server, which I thought I was better, but you know, it, <laughs> yeah. it is what it is. I'm not going to bring that to that drama home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, I, I get the job as a host. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm liking this. Eventually, after three weeks, and me not knowing about restaurants too, too much, the turnover rate was so high. You know how it is in restaurants. Turnover rate gets so high. You know, the head hostess was gone. And, you know, who was head hostess? It was me, your boy. Yo. <laughs> you know, so, you know, I feel like I had some real power running it. But then I'm, I'm looking at my check. And I'm like, man, these servers coming out here with all that money. Yeah. I need some of that server money. My girlfriend gets a job at B. Smith. Well-known restaurant. Um, it was in Union Station. Um, I think she still has a restaurant in Sag Harbor, which is in the Hamptons now. Mm-hmm. I would have recommended that spot, but it's not open. Phenomenal. She got a uh, 
job at B. Smith, and then she got me a job over there being a server. I'm serving members of Indian Parliament, members on Capitol Hill are coming down there. I'm making four fifty a night. Okay. You know, so there is money to be made in the restaurant industry. You know, and I and I and I've pretty much always been in it directly or indirectly when it comes to either working with my father or working for an actual restaurant. So, you know, I mean, I, I love it. So you enjoy being a server. You don't have any bad stories to tell oh, us. Oh, I mean, everybody has bad stories. Listen, serving, give us give serving, us serving one or two. Like serving. It, one of the tips I want to tell you on is if you want to know about serving, watch the movie Waiting. Is I think it's the one of the best movies about serving and mm-hmm. about restaurants. A restaurant is like college on steroids. You know, everybody's having sex with each other in, 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 in the restaurant. You know, you're, you're, you're on your feet all day, every day. You probably have the worst bosses that you ever had in your life because they're construed to the numbers and attached to the numbers mm-hmm. so much. They don't really care about the people, the person, and things like that. And everything's on back-to-back, uh, um, back-to-back time frame. So the job is fun. It is very difficult. Um, some of the choices I've, I, I've had... Um, I've been, I've been, I, I'm going to be honest, completely honest and transparent. You know, I worked at B. Smith, like I told you. Me and my girlfriend were there. We had a boss that was, that knew we worked together, but, you know, there's no manager, no supervisor, role, so we could be served there. And the boss would um, pick on us, you know, like make us do, like, unnecessary extra side work. And I remember one day, I don't remember the story exactly how it went, but I'm going to try to, uh, remember how, how I thought it went down. <laughs> and that was, um, we came in and he had her doing unnecessary side work, doing some stuff that wasn't really appropriate. I think like like going underneath the tables and cleaning like the bottom of the table, something like that. Making some crazy stuff. It, it, it might not have been that. It might have been something crazy, but something that you wasn't Something that you weren't supposed to be doing. Right. And I remember his name. His name was Mike Weish. <laughs> you really put him out here. <laughs> Yeah. Y'all should have saw his face when he said that. Like you know, he still harbors some, some feelings. So, so you know, and, and this is when I was young. Girl Listen, this, this is when I was young. And, you know, I, this is probably a professional mistake that, that I made. But you know, I asked him about. It. I said, "Hey, what's up with all that? You know, I mean, you know, you ain't asking me to do nothing. That. I mean, can I help?" He said, "No, you can't help." Her. All right, well, you know, what's up? So I went up in front of him, get into a big argument with him, and you know. We went downstairs and things got a little, a little some things got flipped over and some words to say that shouldn't have been said. Long story short, I got fired from the job, mm-hmm. which I should have been fired at a particular time. But that's the type of culture and lifestyle that there is in restaurants. So when you're out at restaurants and you do have good service, tip your waiters. You know, take care of them because they do have to do unnecessary stuff. They might not have even had a lunch break. They might not have even had the time to, to get that cigarette that I know a lot of them need. <laughs> You know, especially from working in those kitchens a lot. They might have just got cussed out by the, by, the, uh, by the head chef back there. So just remember that they're doing the best they can. Now, there's some servers that aren't doing the best they can. You know, you should tip accordingly. But the ones that do a good job and attempt to do a good job, please tip your waiters. And that's a good note to end on. We like to keep our shows under an hour, and so we're going to have to cut it here. But, again, like this is like the third person we said we're going to have to have yeah. back because you've just been giving us so much knowledge and information. Content. Like, content, yeah. yeah. So we're going to have to maybe not even talk Look, about you got, you catering. We're going to have to find something else to talk about with you. You got me over here about day, thinking about day, day ideas. ideas. Hey, hey, day, 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 day. <laughs> I We're going to have Omari's on dating ideas. segment on listen, this. <laughs> listen, I was 16 years old on dates at P.F. Chang's up in uh, White Flint. So, you know, Look I, at you. I know you a lot just of, balling. <laughs> you know, my, my aunt paid the bill, had a little prepaid card. <laughs> you know it. Before we go, just um, go ahead and let the people know where they can find you, your handles, all that good stuff. Yeah, they can find me at on Facebook. Imani Catering, uh, my personal Instagram. There's a lot of food on there as well. A, a lot of a lot of drip on there as well too. At Oski Moski, that's O S K I M O S K I. You can find us on Instagram too at Imani DC as well. If you want that good food, that good catering, anytime. And again, we'll leave all of that in the show notes for you guys. Hey, can I get that check, please? <laughs> So the lyrics were getting a little bit tough for us. So we're going to transition to um, another activity that I think will be just as fun, maybe even a little bit more fun, because I think Diallo knows. um, I mean, he knows music, don't get me wrong, but I think this will be more fun for everybody. 
Um, so I'm going to ask him a couple of trivia questions about black TV or movies and see what he gives us. I haven't thought of a name for this segment yet, so maybe you guys can help us out with that. So I'm going to give you three questions to see. So you have, what is it? Two out of three. You got to get two out of three correct. I'm about to get four out of three. <laughs> First question. Where did the Jeffersons move on up to? The East Side? Nope. Think of the theme song. That's what I'm thinking. It should be easy. Right. Why? I All right. Like... I mean, I can give you more clues. I just didn't want to start off with the clues. Do you need more uh, clues? I can give you. Um, yeah. The it's um choose one of the four. The Lower East Side of Manhattan, the apartment above the dry cleaners, the penthouse, or a deluxe apartment in the sky. You said who's the first one? A, a lower east side, the lower east side of Manhattan. B, the apartment above the dry cleaners. C, the penthouse. Or D, a deluxe apartment in the sky. You gonna get your black car revoked? Mm -hmm. <laughs> The Lower East Side? Nah, son. Moving on up to the east side of the deluxe apartment in the, the sky. sky. Oh. <laughs> Come on, Diallo. All right, next question. See if you can redeem yourself. On living single, who did not live in the building? Um. Come on, yo. <laughs> Who did not live in the building? What the fuck? What's my option? Oh, you suck. Um, Overton, Regine, Maxine, or Maxine. Um, Khadijah. Overton. That's wrong. You said Overton, who else? Overton, Regine, Maxine, Max. or Khadijah, who did not live in the building. Khadijah and Regine lived together. So it was Overton who lived across the hall. Upstairs. Upstairs. Him and Kyle lived and upstairs. Max, yeah, cause, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's Max. That's all you, that's, you already got two wrong. Come on, D. If we was playing black and revoke, I What two sitcoms has Tashina Arnold played in? Tashina Arnold. I can't say it because then you know what shows she played on. You said two sitcoms? Yes. Like uh, Martin and... Why can't I think of the name? Martin and... What the fuck is it called? A. Martin, B. The Cosby Show. C, everybody hate Chris, and D, Thea. You said Thea. That's like an old show. Well, older than like Martin and Levinson and all of them. Want to say that? A, Martin, which you already got. Right. B, The Cosby Show. Right. C, everybody hates Chris. Everybody hates Chris. All right. <laughs> So you got one out of three, D. Brush up on your stuff, hey, look, and we're going to be back. Look, 
There's some old shit that I ain't seen in forever. Oh my goodness, but those are classic shows. Yeah, but they are old, old classic shows. You see how he got an excuse for everything. Ain't no excuses. <laughs> look, she tried. Look, them, them lyrics was getting too easy, so she tried to switch it up on you, boy. Oh, all right. I'm gonna just let you. I'm gonna let you live. <laughs> I'm gonna let you live. <laughs> oh, but um, now you guys can send us your trivia questions now. Anything that you may have about. I'm gonna come up with some trivia questions for you. No, you can, and that's totally fine. Like you guys can DM me, DM Diallo, DM the uh, Everybody Eats uh, podcast Instagram. Um, give us some trivia questions. This can be, you know, black television or movies. I need to come up with a good title. Like, I was thinking dinner and a movie since we always, you know, we're talking about food. Like, that's what I was thinking. But I was like, that's too, like, plain. I need to think of a better title. So, help me out with that. Yeah, I'm going to leave that up to y'all. <laughs> I got to come up with some fire. But, yeah, thanks for listening. Follow my dog. And we'll leave all his information in the taglines. I really don't know what them things is called. <laughs> Show notes. That's what it's called, I think. Um, and yeah, we'll holler at y'all in two weeks. Here comes the brand new flavor in your ear. Time for new flavor in your ear. I'm kicking new flavor in your ear. Back the brand new flavor.